Welcome back to the Spartan Pride Podcast. Jonathan Shop here with you on the Fans First Sports Network. Thanks for checking it out. Whether you're catching this in the heart of summer, late in the summer as you're getting ready for the Spartan season, or sometime further down the road, you have arrived at the spot to be. The Fans First Sports Network's got a ton of different podcasts for your favorite college pro, etc. A lot of you know me for many, many years covering Michigan State football. And guess what? A whole lot of quarterbacks and quarterback controversies. Back to, honestly, back to my first year as a student at Michigan State. When left-hander Bill Burke was the starting quarterback, but right-hander Ryan Van Dyke came from down the road in Marshall, Michigan, headlining or co-headlining or number two by just a smidge in the state of Michigan to Drew Henson in what was at the time declared to be the two best quarterbacks in Michigan high school history going at the same time to the college level. Controversy in 1998 didn't even make it a full game as Nick Saban's Spartans really struggled with a Colorado State team they should have handled, they ended up losing to, and there was already consternation amongst Spartan Nation whether Ryan Van Dyke should have been out there at some point or for most of that football game. A lot of you were not there and were not born yet. College football was significantly different in 1998. Freshmen did not play quarterback much at all. But the young folks who were on campus in the stadium that day and around Michigan State as students were real curious why. Why couldn't a guy come right off the high school level, have a fall camp, and play better than the guy that we have who's already in a position to start? That is the question that comes up so often. And it is not a new one. It's come up back then that far. Same question was right down the road at Ann Arbor about the Drew Henson. Why should this Tom Brady guy play? Why should we let anybody else play other than Drew Henson? Drew Henson's arguably the most decorated quarterback in the history of Michigan high school football. Why would not he be able to play for Michigan? Why wouldn't Ryan Van Dyke be able to play for Michigan State? It's 2023. The season is approaching. Spartan fans are wondering why can't Caton Hauser take over and be the starting quarterback at Michigan State? What about Sam Levitt? What I just laid out for you was a different era of college football. Freshmen did not play, did not start. This was not common. That was a long time ago. The game has really changed. The quarterback position and Your quarterback lineup has remarkably changed, and you can look at a bright red turning point, the Alabama-Georgia national title game when Nick Saban took out Jalen Hurts, put in Tua Tungavailoa, and an unbelievable outcome ended up on your screen. A further unbelievable outcome has come about, of course, since then, as Hertz is arguably one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, leading the Philadelphia Eagles, who will be your odds-on Super Bowl favorite come this fall. And Tug of Lyoa has had health issues, but he is a starting quarterback at a Miami Dolphins team that if they made a deep run in the playoffs, it would not necessarily shock you to the point of no return. 
So we're going to talk quarterbacks today. I hope you heard Mel Tucker, my exclusive with him from MSU Atlanta Day in late May, where he laid out a couple of things about what they're looking for. We're going to break that down. We're going to break down a little bit of preview of who could play quarterback for Michigan State. I know we're a long way off from fall camp, but I also know this is what's on your mind right now in Spartan land. This is the Spartan Pride Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. We'll be right back. Spartan Pride Podcast, Jonathan Schott back with you. You know, when we talked to Mel Tucker about the coming quarterback controversy, uh, he was pleased that I reminded him it was not the first at Michigan State. That, of course, was in 2020 when Rocky Lombardi ended up getting the start. There was one again in 2021. As Michigan State bought in a decorated passing, successful Division I quarterback, Anthony Russo, who was beaten out by Peyton Thorne. Thorne goes on to have one of the all-time best seasons in Spartan quarterback history, lights up a bunch of records along the way. 2022 did not go well for Spartan football, did not go well for the quarterback position, and ended with a stark departure. Peyton Thorne taking his final year as a college quarterback down to Auburn to get in the system of Hugh Freeze. That's going to be interesting to watch. Listen, there's 24 hours a day. There's college football on from noon to close to two in the morning. I know you're out there and I'm right there with you. We're going to take a look at a lot of players, including Thorne at Auburn. And obviously the main focus being the quarterback at Michigan State. And who could that be? Well, let's talk about some reality. The Spartans will have more than four quarterbacks on the roster, but in reality, it would be a humongous shock to see anybody other than Noah Kim, Caton Hauser, or Sam Levitt playing any time at all for Michigan State football, at least in September and October. I mean, it would be a shock. Mel Tucker is committed to competition across the board, compete to play, compete to stay. So you can assume that Christian Banks and others that are on the roster when fall camp begins are going to get some opportunity to compete. And if they somehow stand out and climb the ladder and earn the right to start or play for the Spartans that they will, But we'd have a lot of shows before then because it would take quite a feat. You would have to hop over some elite 11 talent and also a guy that's been around Michigan State for a while with a pretty decorated high school record and a pretty strong football IQ along with a very surprisingly strong arm. So we're going to start by talking about Noah Kim. Kim is, of course, the last quarterback recruited by Mark Tantonio. I can tell you with confidence, nothing was expected from Noah Kim before this. It is a surprise to many that Noah Kim is competing to start and expected maybe to start for the Big Ten Michigan State Spartans. There were a lot of folks that did not think Noah Kim had the size nor strength to play at the Big Ten level, and that goes to show you just how much it is a challenge to project because any of you that saw Noah Kim throw in a spring game a couple years ago saw right away oh wow this guy's got an arm 
And any of you that saw him jump in for Thorne in spot duty last year, including throwing his first touchdown pass, saw, oh, this guy might be able to play. To get the bias out of the way, Noah Kim does come from Northern Virginia. He is not. His home is not far at all from where I was as a kid in my path to Michigan State. And he's got a lot of support in Northern Virginia, a lot of people excited. I was in that area not long ago, and more than two people saw my Spartan gear and had something to say about Noah Kim. And they are excited to see what he can do. They are of the belief that Noah Kim has a really high football IQ. He has spent time uh, at Michigan State under Jay Johnson studying up, and he's got the physical tools and the mentality to take the job and run with it. As we stand here today, he's the odds-on favorite to start the season. But as you heard in my interview with Mel Tucker, that's not necessarily an indicator of who will start later in the season. Tucker mentioned Sam Levitt, Tucker mentioned Noah Kim, and of course, Kaden Hauser, and I think it is a safe bet to say that the three of them will get an opportunity to prove that they should be able to start at Michigan State. But as we sit here today in June recording this, I think it's fair to expect Noah Kim as the guy that's going to start Labor Day weekend when the chips come down, if you will, to kick off that football season at 7 o'clock on Friday night of Labor Day weekend. We don't know for sure what to expect out of Noah Kim, but we know what we have seen so far. And we know that this is a guy that has impressed people on a consistent basis with his consistent performance in the quarterback classroom, his ability before the snap to get the football team in the right, basically to get them lined up before the snap and set for success. And we've seen some arm out of him. Now, we haven't seen him start a game. We haven't seen him try to lead a comeback. We haven't seen him deal with an offensive line, maybe a guy that missed an assignment or or something that had gone wrong. But as we sit here today, you can expect that he's probably going to be the guy to start given that breadth of experience and time in the Jay Johnson system. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about what it would take for another guy like Hauser or Levitt at Michigan State to end up snatching the starting job and taking over and passing by a guy who has many years in Spartan football now. Just as a reminder, 2022, Noah Kim's a redshirt sophomore. 2021, he's a redshirt freshman. 2020 is, of course, a year he's redshirted. That means this is his fourth season in Spartan football. It's not that it's now or never for Noah Kim, but this is going to be by far his best chance to take the starting job at Michigan State. But what would it take for somebody else to get it? We're going to talk about that in a minute right here on the Spartan Pride Podcast. It is Jonathan Shop with you on the Spartan Pride Podcast. We're talking quarterbacks today. We're talking Michigan State football quarterback competition 2023, which is underway and is going on every day. Make no mistake. But 
It'll kick up into another gear when fall camp begins. On paper, you see Noah Kim, you see his experience, you say, okay, that's the guy that's probably going to project as the starter as we sit here today. On paper, you also see Caton Hauser, a guy that came another Elite 11 quarterback. Uh, Michigan State has a long history of Elite 11 quarterbacks. They're going to continue to recruit Elite 11 quarterbacks. As we all know, Michigan State had a humongous and surprise run of uh, some of them Elite 11 quarterbacks that got thrown into the uh, the NFL. Last I checked, there's still a couple of them hanging around. Isn't that funny? Brian Hoyer, Kirk Cousins, Nick Foles. That's a lot of arm talent. And Kaden Hauser's a guy coming from Anaheim, California that's got arm and foot talent. Now, he redshirted last year, as everybody knows, but he did play a little bit against Akron just to get his feet wet, just to enter 2023, at least having taken snaps on the field. I don't think there's much question that Hauser is a competitor. And when you look at Mel Tucker's top requirement for the quarterback, as he told us at MSU Atlanta Day, he said the quarterback has to be the best competitor on the team. I do not think that's going to be an issue with Caden Hauser. The question is going to be, how does he perform under those lights? How does he perform in the scrimmages? How does he perform throughout fall camp? Because if you're going to take a shot on a guy that's only taken six snaps in his career, and you're going to have him start the season, he's got to separate himself from the guy who's sitting at the top. Although Noah Kim doesn't have a lot of experience right now, he should be the favorite to take the starting job because if you consider his knowledge base of the offense that Michigan State wants to run, it should be significantly larger just based on the amount of reps, just based on the amount of time that he's been in the system with Jay Johnson in the quarterback room versus Kaden Hauser. But if we are to believe Mel Tucker, and there is absolutely no reason not to believe him, Michigan State's going to play the best player. Now, the caveat is they're going to play the guy they think will be the best player to put them in a position to win the game. Quarterback is a funny thing. It doesn't always work out that a practice standout turns into a field leader. I can give you the example of Tyler O'Connor and Connor Cook, for example. Number one example I could think of. There is not a group of people that saw Connor Cook coming. They're just, they're not out there. There's a larger group of folks that thought Andrew Maxwell in 2013 is going to really make progress and have a great senior year and Michigan State's going to have a good football team. That did not happen. There were other folks around Spartan football that thought, you know, Tyler O'Connor is the best athlete. He's got the most upside. He's the guy that's going to take this offense to the next level. And if you remember far back, something happened when O'Connor got time in the first couple games of the year that Mark D'Antonio did not like. Out the game he went, Connor Cook came in, and Connor Cook took it and ran with it from there, never to look back and to go down in the record books as arguably the best quarterback in Spartan history, but for sure the best quarterback in modern Spartan history. And I and so many of you look and hope they really look forward and hope to see Connor Cook around to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the 2013 team this fall. So it's possible. It's possible that Katen Hauser gets game time in September 
and takes the thing and runs with it. But I would suggest to you that the only way that happens is if he's got some standout abilities that brought him well beyond Kim. Because whether it's Hauser or whether it's Justin Fields or whether it's uh, Arch Manning down at Texas this year, you can go down the list. If you're going to play a guy with less experience, you need to concede that your playbook is not going to be as wide, at least early on. And he's got to have a significant upgrade in arm talent, field vision, speed, elusivity, or some individual trait that makes you think, okay, we are literally going to turn this cruise liner that is our football team into a different direction. As you know, and as we will see this fall, somebody will make the wrong evaluation and they will stub their toe and they will wreck their season. They will maybe wreck their head coaching career and there will be rubble behind. We have seen it and we will see it again. Nick Foles is an example. Nick Foles was a fine football player when he was in college. He may have had a fine career at Michigan State. But some roster moves went down and he realized, I've got to go elsewhere to get a fresh start, to maybe get a fair shake to compete. So off he goes to Arizona and develops into a very good NFL quarterback. Not a great one, although boy, oh boy, did he have some great games. Look at the record book with touchdown passes and look at the record book quarterbacks that beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So those things can happen. And Hauser is a very interesting player. He's got the size at 6'3", somewhere probably around 215 or more when camp comes in. We just don't know what we're going to see. But there is an enormous amount of talent with Kate Hauser and a huge upside. And I would expect very much so that we will see him play a good bit of quality minutes during the Spartans' September schedule. That's what it's going to take to figure out if this is a guy that is deserving of the keys to drive the Spartan offense. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about the wild card in this situation. We're going to talk about Sam Levitt, the incoming freshman from the great Northwest, right here on the Spartan Pride Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. It's Jonathan Shop, Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. Sam Levitt is a guy going through his high school experience, committed to Washington State, when all of a sudden, the offensive coordinator he commits to play for gets an opportunity, a great opportunity to become a head coach. Last year, Sam Levitt is committed to Washington State. There was a coaching change there, but he's committed The problem is Eric Morris, offensive coordinator at Wazoo, which is a short one for Washington State, for those unfamiliar, he gets the head coaching job at North Texas. Sam Levitt is a highly recruited four-star that is not going to consider North Texas, but might consider Michigan State. Out he goes to Michigan State on an official visit, and within a short period of time, He commits to Michigan State football, talking about the culture, the staff, 
and the goal of winning a national championship. To be fair, an objective person would not look at Washington State and Michigan State as a comparable chance to win a national championship. It's very easy to say that it's not likely it happens at either spot because there's only one national champion a year and two teams that end up playing for it, but it is not difficult to say you probably aren't getting anywhere close at Washington State. And Michigan State's already been in the college football playoff and had the playoff been around, you know, five years before would have been in it a handful of times. So Sam Levitt's a guy that comes to Michigan State a little bit unknown, but very, very successful out of a pretty high-powered offense out west. So high-powered that uh, Michigan Wolverine receiver Darius Clemens took count passes, many passes, touchdown passes from Sam Levitt at uh, Westview High School. Levitt is coming with some talent. Levitt is coming with some mystery. And Levitt is coming to compete. A multi-sport athlete, a relatively low profile from a corner of the country not too, not too well known for high school football. If you think about it, a lot of the games that are played in high school football out west in Oregon are over when a whole lot of folks in the country are already asleep. So just like you don't know that much about the college football players out West, unless you are a football nut like me and staying up nearly to 2 a.m. watching Pac-12 at night go mad, you may not know much about them. Sam Levitt is about 6'2", 200 pounds. That's what he should be right at when he comes into Michigan State. So the size is pretty good. And we just don't know too much about him. But what would it take for him to see the field? Well, you've got to, anybody who's in this situation, anybody coming in as a high school recruit has a massive, massive hill to climb as far as learning protections, playbook, and, and really convincing a offensive staff that they can put their jobs on the line for this player. Folks, you may not be aware, but I guarantee you the Spartan staff is aware. Every single position coach for Michigan State is in a contract year. The coordinators have three-year deals. Those guys have two-year deals. Now, the quarterback coach at Michigan State is also the coordinator, but let's not lose sight of the fact that it would take a lot for Sam Levitt or anyone in this situation to leap past two guys that have already been around for more than a year to take the starting job. It would be interesting to see Sam Levitt get some dang time action. And as we sit here today, I would almost expect it's a 50-50 that he would see some time early in the Spartan schedule. But there's a lot to be excited about there. I don't think Mel Tucker would have mentioned Sam Lovett if he wasn't going to get a fair shake and a serious look. Michigan State is excited about the dual threat that he brings. Again, like Hauser, a run-pass threat. And to be honest with you, you must continue to understand that you will not see 
anything but a dual-threat quarterback recruited at the major power five level again. I don't think anybody can throw the ball well enough out of high school to be recruited as a a one-threat quarterback, nor do I think any quarterback can run the ball well enough to be recruited as a quarterback. Those those days are done. It's dual threat or nothing, baby. It is dual threat or nothing. That doesn't mean you got to have a quarterback that is going to, you know, run the option or run the ball, but they sure have to be able to move and run when needed, and they have to be able to pass on target in game conditions or they're going to be replaced. So we're here again with a quarterback competition, and it sounds a lot like we can expect one at Michigan State as long as Mel Tucker's around probably every year. I do not think he is scared to pull the trigger when he thinks the gun is loaded, the shotgun, the fun and gun, whatever you want to call it, the pro style. Michigan State's offense is going to continue to be a whole lot of different things. And as long as they get it right, as long as they get the right guy in position, everything will take care of itself. The danger when you got a quarterback competition is, of course, you have the wrong guy, you stick with him too long, it doesn't work out for your football team. Mel Tucker's got some horses, though. Noah Kim's got experience and looks prime for this situation. In best-case scenario, he takes the job and runs with it. Kaden Hauser has all the talent in the world, very decorated past, He's got his feet wet on campus, a perfect situation for him. He plays so well and stands out that he clearly gives the offense the best opportunity to succeed. And then you've got the wild card in Sam Levitt, who would need to really blow some minds in order to somehow sneak into a starting position at Michigan State to open the season. But I think he's going to get some time to be evaluated in through September. And I think that there's a good chance he will earn his way on the field. But if he does not, to be clear, that is not a bad thing. If you're going to compete in the Big Ten East and you want to compete for college football playoff and national championships, you're not looking to do that uncertain about who's going to be the quarterback every year. Ideally, you probably want players to redshirt as they've got four games to play. That becomes a lot easier than ever. But man, we're probably going to continue to see quarterback shuffles around the sport. And that means it's going to happen at Michigan State as well. And I don't think it's likely that all three of these quarterbacks competing for this starting position this year are going to be on the roster at Michigan State for their entire career. Not because of who they are, just because of the way the sport is right now. And understandably, a lot of kids want a chance to play. So that moving and shaking and shifting is going to be part of college football at the top level. There's nothing we can do to get around that. That is not to be worried about here. Spartan football and Mel Tucker sound confident that they have got a great chance to find a productive quarterback and have a bounce back year from a disappointing 2022 that included quarterback play that just wasn't that productive. That does not mean it was Peyton Thorne's fault. That does not mean it was the running game's fault. It's everybody's fault. And if there's success at the quarterback position this year, it's going to be because of everybody that put the work in and and made the plays on the field. Make that very, very clear. This is not just going to be, oh, the 2023 quarterback was just better than Peyton Thorne. It, It doesn't work that way. But that's a little preview of what to expect. What I expect right now going into this quarterback competition that is ongoing, but 
is, you know, not seriously um, pushing along. That pushes along day one of fall camp. That's really when it's on. Kim, Hauser, Levitt, those are the three players that we expect to be in the mix. And we're going to be tracking it all as we look forward to kicking the season off on Friday of Labor Day weekend. This is the Spartan Pride Podcast. You are listening to Fans First Sports Network, Spartan Pride Podcast at gmail.com. Come back and listen to this one months down the road. See how it ages. <laughs> it's always fun and interesting. We'll be back later this week with another look back at 2013. Chase it again, if you will. Right here on the Spartan Pride Podcast, I'm Jonathan Shop, Fans First Sports Network.